Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Powered by Riverside. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas. I got Chris and Uri here. We have a very special guest. He is now officially a reoccurring guest. Co-creator of Game of Zones, Adam Malamut, is back with us again. We're going to talk about a lot of fun. We're going to have fun tonight, guys. This is going to be a fun podcast. I'm hyped for this. Oh, God, so uh, much pressure now. I got oh, it. No, 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 no pressure. No pressure. It's all good. It's all good. I, was, We're gonna I want to go fun. real serious route this time. But, sorry, <laughs> oh, we'll have what? Fun. I guess okay. we'll have fun. Fine, fine, fine. You're twisting my arm. Yes, Adam, we'll have fun. <laughs> yeah. Look, I wasn't here last time Adam was on, so I'm particularly excited for, for this episode. And we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. So let's get the ball rolling. Yeah. So, Adam, you know what we got to talk about here? Cause... Paul Reed. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Because Adam has a question for <laughs> us in particular. Adam, go ahead. Ask your question. Okay. Uh, so I was listening to the last episode, and Chris like was converting me to the church of Paul Reed. He's so excited about Paul Reed to the point where he didn't want he, he wanted the Sixers to, to acquire any backup centers, any more forwards. And I just want to know uh, what is it about Paul Reed that what are some things about him that make you a Paul Reed believer? Like at the base level, I think he's just a pretty good basketball player and doesn't get the credit he deserves on that front. Uh, but also, I mean, like you've listened to the guy talk to the media. He might be the single most confident person mm. on the face of the planet. Like, I don't know if anyone has more self-confidence than Paul Reed. It's kind of absurd. So I think that might have something to do with it. It might just be completely arbitrary. I, I really don't know if I have a good explanation for it, but he's and, quite and entertaining to listen to. And... Follow up, follow up, which is, so, you know, Montrez Harrell, like you were saying in the playoffs, like you would rather see Paul Reed get minutes over Montrez Harrell because of Montrez Harrell in the playoffs generally could be a liability. But like Paul Reed, you know, he hasn't really, like what, what has he shown you that makes you think he'd be better even if Montres Howard isn't isn't like the answer, like what what has he shown you that you like Paul Reed more in the playoff? I I mean I think Reed is like a genuine positive defender already, mm-hmm. and he's mobile enough to defend in space against pick and rolls, quicker offenses. Like he can play different styles of defense. He has the physicality to kind of battle down low. He picks up a lot of fouls still, and that's something he has to get better at. But He's right, a really a disruptive defender. Like on on the other side of that coin, is he and creates not a lot a great of turnovers? Defender, yeah, he, Harold's not yeah. A great defender. Yeah. So okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. So, but Adam, I should warn you now. Chris has arbitrarily chosen players before. Ask him about how Neto. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask him. Ask him. I'm curious about this one. Who says it's arbitrary? I have my reasons. It feels arbitrary. It just feels like you're a Trey Burke hater and you just decided to choose the antithesis of Trey Burke and Howell Meadow. The superior player, yeah. No, 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 not superior, superior. No, 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 no. Yeah. We all the have antithesis our guys, of a bad player is a good player. 
Sometimes mm, you just yeah. get your guys. Like I liked Anthony Melton because I got his um he was one of my first top shot cards that I got. And nice. I was like, I'm gonna be into this guy now. And then he's had a good trajectory and people are really hype on him. And so I'm like, um was very excited when the Sixers got him. And so uh and then like you know, I get random guys like remember the Sixers had that guy, I'm blanking on his name. He was from the he was from Spain, I think, and he had a beard and he was a really good passer. Sergio Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That guy. He was awesome. Yeah. But I think he was bad at defense, but I'm not a sophisticated enough bas- basketball watcher to know when someone's bad at defense. So I just <laughs> <laughs> So now that we got an uh, Adam, did you have any other qu- questions for us before no, we no, get I, into I do, but they're going to come through because you guys really know your stuff. I got to say, I've been very impressed listening to you guys. I learned a lot. So I'm going to have questions throughout the program, I'm sure. I just called a podcast okay. a program. I think I just really dated myself there. But like either way, I've got a lot of questions, but I don't have any more right now. Just know that you can never date yourself as much as Uriah does sometimes. Okay, so anyway, sorry, Uriah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so let's get into some off-season drama. For those that don't know, Adam is the co-creator of Game of Zones, and Game of Zones was all about the NBA drama, not so much the game, but the drama. Adam did, and his brother did a great job with that, and we give them a lot of credit. So with that being said, if you were to make another season of Game of Zones, and we have a couple different players here that we're going to talk about, like, uh, how do you feel about the drama surrounding them? And just if you can think of anything on the spot, cool. If not, that's fine. But Ben Simmons, in, prior to this podcast, I had been thinking in for weeks and months about how I would make a Game of Zones episode involving Ga- Ben Simmons and the whole entire, you know, pass versus dunk and everything leading up to now. So what are your thoughts about Ben Simmons, particularly this offseason, but as a whole? Oh, man. Well, Ben Simmons, uh, first of all, uh, you know, I've gone through different stages of Ben Simmons, like up until the playoffs with the the, the infamous dunk, I was mm-hmm. like, all in on him. I was like, I was always a Ben Simmons defender. I just, uh, I, uh, which is an easy job these days, because I'm shoot three. So no, I'm just kidding. But uh, anyway, so as far as Ben Simmons, I think that I so then when he went, went to, like the one thing about the Nets is that they are like an incredible villain team now. And that's mm-hmm. so great. They're such a great heel team. So like, I actually think I like them now. No, I don't like them. Like I obviously don't like them, but I like that they exist. Uh, also with the Lakers, which we'll get to, but like the, because they are essentially like a WWE heel. Like they yeah. are yeah. so fun. And the, like they're, it's, I'd rather have teams that are hateable than like teams you don't care about. Like how, now, every time we play them, it's going to be really exciting and interesting. And it already would be because, like, I don't like Kyrie that much. And I I like Kevin Durant more, but I also don't like him that much. Although I watched this interview with David Letterman, if anyone has seen that, and it made me like him a little bit more. But uh, and, uh, and, and so then you add Ben Simmons to that. Oh, my God, they're so hateable. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'd probably do something along the lines of, like in the last season of Game of Zones, we had the Nets like Kyrie leading all these guys, the 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 uh, guys who were like the hated guys in the NBA who felt the media hated them. I would definitely do something like that, like the the Nets embracing the dark side. And then the funny thing about that is like like Steve Nash is like such a likable guy, and so he's such a funny coach to be like their Lord Commander. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure. There's a lot. There's a lot of potential there. But I'm also not watching. Are you any of you guys watching House of the Dragon? The I I am, but I'm not. I have, I have to wait to watch it with a friend um, okay. later oh, yeah. this week. So, so yeah, I've been watching it though. Yeah. Okay. I haven't watched it yet because I'm still bitter about how the last season of Game of Thrones ended. 
That's fair. Uh, like it was, it was. I was so, I was so into Game of Thrones, and it just fell so far off in my opinion that I haven't even watched it yet. So once I watch, I get myself together and I watch House of the Dragon, then I can run the comps, okay, and we can like fuse the two, all the storylines. But for now, I'm just enjoying the juicy story of the Nets just being so hateable, and what is going to happen when uh, they play this? Is Ben Simmons even going to play? Like, I actually kind of feel question. bad for him because he's like. Like I, I know that with the whole, there's a whole mental health thing and all that stuff, whatever is going on there. There clearly is something, whatever you want to call it, because like, he's very scared to play. I mean, like he's very scared to play and I almost feel bad for him because he's like, reminds me of like a nervous child or something. It's like, it's like mm. uh something like, a, like it's so like, I'm going through many complicated phases of, I've been, I was thinking about Ben Simmons a lot, you know, over this last few years. I'm like coming around from like just like oh I hate Ben Simmons, which is how I felt probably the like the, when he wasn't playing for this all that you know we were in the heart of him on our team and it was like really frustrating. I was really hating on him, but now I'm just like enjoying this the comedy that is Ben Simmons' existence in the league, the mystery, the enigma that is Ben Simmons, and like what are we going to see now? Like is he going? I, I actually when they first made the trade, I'm like I think Ben Simmons might like turn it on for them and actually be really good. And it might be really frustrating. And, mm -hmm. and instead he was too scared to play. And it's like, so great. It's just so fantastic. Uh, and like, I literally don't, what do you guys expect from him this season? That's he's the biggest question mark for me, man. I, I don't know. I mean, he could come out, be the same Ben Simmons. He could, he could finally get rid of whatever mental block he had for the jump shot, have start shooting jumpers again and just say, screw you to the rest of the NBA. And, you know, the Nets would be the favorites if he actually shot and actually made a decent amount of his jump shots. Like, it could go a lot of different directions. I don't know, man. I'm kind of like with you. He is the biggest enigma in the NBA. And based off of how he goes, could very well dictate whether the, the, not, the Nets win a championship, in my opinion. Ben getting over his, like, hurdle with the jumpers is objectively the funniest outcome. <laughs> just because it would yeah. piss off so many people. It would piss us off. It would piss us off, and like I don't want that to happen from Philly's <laughs> perspective. But it would be pretty amazing content. It would be an incredible story if he just like came out and just started like taking like nine threes a game. <laughs> just even if he was missing them, it would be amazing. Like just having the yeah. courage to do that. Like I would honestly like I might have to start rooting for him because it'd be just such a great Disney movie eventually. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of the Nets, we got to talk about the his his new teammates, Duran and Kyrie. Man, that was a circus, man. Kyrie with the vaccine, and then now Durant comes out trying to get traded this offseason. What are your feelings on that? Uh, well, all it did, literally, all it did was make Kevin Durant look bad. Like, what mm -hmm. did it do? It, it it's like it's like it's like was his plan to be like. I'm going to make things really awkward. Or it was his plan like, you know what? I'm jealous of how hateable the other two guys are. So I need to do something <laughs> to uh, to be the most hated guy. And it's like, he, he had no, it, it really didn't have any leverage in that situation. And it just like, I don't know. It just ended up making him look douchey, but maybe that was his goal. And in which case he did a great job. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's the nail on the head there. I mean, look, you could make a whole entire season just based off the Nets. And if they brought back Blake Griffin, which I don't think they will, but if they brought back, that's another hateable guy. And I think that would just make this even more interesting. But, yeah, I, I think you could make a whole entire season just based off the Nets drama. To I be agree. Although I will say I do stand uh, Blake Griffin a little bit now. I like, you do? Yeah, I think uh, I 
I tend to start liking players when they become maybe not Durant or or Kyrie in this case, but like a lot of or LeBron, but like a lot of players like when they become like like they have to deal with like this adversity of getting older and they become like the old vets and mm-hmm. you know and I think that like for a NBA athlete he's pretty he's pretty funny he has pretty yeah. decent comedic timing yeah. and so I I don't know I kind of like uh, I kind of like Blake Griffin so. Uh, but wait, what was the other thing you were saying? I forget. That was I, so. No, no, no. I mean, I just like, the just no, no, no. That 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 that's about it. I do. You brought up, you know, just comedic timing, and nothing's more comedic than, you know, Pat Beverly getting traded to the Lakers after being traded from the T Wolves to the Utah Jazz. So, Pat Bev being teammates with the biggest kind of laughing stock trio in the NBA right now with LeBron, Westbrook, and AD. AD can't stay healthy. Westbrook just doesn't know that he's not Westbrook anymore. And LeBron is just kind of old. So how, how do you feel about all that mesh right there? Okay. So I've, I definitely have some Lakers thoughts. My first thing with, with Westbrook, by the way, is like the most dangerous kind of combination of player sometimes is a player who relies on their athleticism and then ages out of that athleticism and doesn't adapt their game. Like, so that's why I worry about mm-hmm. like John Moran a little bit. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you saw with like, like, iverson towards the end a little bit yeah you saw it a little bit in some ways with uh with mellow although he adjusted eventually um and uh and so uh, his game wasn't necessarily just athletic but like he he just thought he was the guy and he was becoming less of the guy Mm -hmm. and that's like so so dangerous and like westbrook is a guy who's like was just a freak and now he's trying to be he's not that anymore and like his game is just like not adapting properly And, and so it's pretty uh it's 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 pretty funny because on the Lakers uh, to me and because like, he's, you know, he's a big ego guy. And so it's always kind of funny to see guys with like huge egos, like just hit a lot of bricks. is just, is fun. Uh, but as far as the Lakers, and that's the thing when you bring Pat Beverly, who I like Pat Beverly, he's a very, he's one of those really entertaining players, but like mm-hmm. there's just so much ego packed into that team. And it's like a powder keg of ego. They're like, and like, it's very likely they're going to be terrible. <laughs> and, yeah. And like, it's going to implode in a way, like it's the Lakers. And the Lakers imploding is one of the great gifts to the league uh, for everyone who's not a Lakers fan. Yeah, I, I think it's just, it's just this is like the NBA gold mine of like the Lakers are going to be the talk of the NBA, but not in the way that they want to be. And look, LeBron is wasting his time in L.A. I think he, he the team screwed him over when they traded everything for Westbrook. I don't think that was the right move. Clearly, it's not. They're not going to be able to move him from on from him. And he, man, this is just a mess. What and, do you think about this theory? What do you think about uh-huh. this theory that what if he's trying to actually bring in all these old guys and make them bad so that they tank for Bronny so he can play with Bronny? Uh, they don't have any picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we don't Point. even know if Bronny's a first round pick yet. Yeah, that's true. Oh, he had, that's he true. had a cool dunk. He had a cool dunk, so he is. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's a question for you guys, and you may have talked about this on a previous podcast, so you can ignore it if that's the case. But, like, what would you guys have traded for Donovan Mitchell? Like, and do you think he would be, like, do you like him? Because he's a very controversial player, like his game, you know? Like, and I'm curious, like, what would you have had the Sixers give up for him if if you could have? What, was, what would be the most you'd give up for him? Okay, so I was in the camp that I think the Sixers were better off if they didn't trade him. At all, like anyone. Like not well, even Charles look, Bassey straight up. 
Well, I mean, contract-wise, okay, okay. I was thinking in terms of contract, but if you could get Donovan Mitchell for like just a straight-up trade for one v one, with if you didn't have to worry about the contracts, then that's different. But okay. the, the the thing is, is if you were to trade it for Donovan Mitchell, you would have had to do probably a combination of Tobias Harris, Maxi, and Thibel plus picks. We didn't have a lot of picks to really offer, so I I never thought we were a serious contender for him. The the issue was I don't I think partially I don't know if you get much better if you replace Maxi and Tobias with Donovan Mitchell because here's my thing I think Maxi has the potential to be close not quite Donovan Mitchell but pretty darn close to him next two to three years like I would I would when the Durant trades were coming around I would or be like being floated I wouldn't I don't like Durant like I I need a rootable team like sort of like in Chris's like philosophy of like finding like like liking paul reed and like you know, like i love maxi and i wouldn't trade maxi straight up for durant just because like it wouldn't be as fun winning a championship with durant instead of maxi so like that's that's my prayer i know that's insanity now, now, now chris will actually disagree with you on that because i'm on your side chris would have traded maxi for durant well i'm not saying i would root for durant more than i root for maxi but you know, logically, you have a better shot with Durant. Definitely, but I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree with that. I just to me, it's about like I like I like having a likable team that like is fun to root for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Maxi might be the most likable person in the NBA at this right. point. He, he's exactly. pretty much flawless in that yeah. respect. There's no dirt on him. So, yeah, I I I don't think Mitchell would have made a ton of sense for Philly just because I agree giving up Tobias and Maxi is a lot. And, um, you know, I, I just don't think they have a package without Maxi that would get it done. But I, I'm all for Danny Ainge spiting the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever prolongs New York's, like, torture chamber mm. session is great in my book. So 100% agree. 100%. Um, now, now I'm picturing Danny Ainge just going in. <laughs> I'm thinking Game of Zones, and I see Danny Ainge walking into a dungeon with like the uh, and the GM of the Knicks just tied up, saying, "Are you ready for another round?" Oh, yeah, Leon <laughs> Greyjoy, but it's Leon Rose. Yes, I love it. yes, I love it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, uh, let's talk about some potential Sixers lineups now. I think we all know who the starting five is going to be. I recently wrote an article where I just pitched a couple lineup combinations that I think make a lot of sense that we'll probably see at some point in the season. We'll just go down the list here. Here's here's a, a small ball option that I think makes some level of sense. I'll ask your thoughts first, Adam. 
Uh, P.J. Tucker, Tobias Harris, Daniel House, Matisse Thibel, James Harden. Any thoughts on that five-man group? Do you think it would work, et cetera? Uh, well, my main, main thought is that you, you're, you're only getting T's and H's in the, for the way the last names start. Mm-hmm. So oh. you might lose some versatility there. Um, <laughs> so that's a concern on the defensive end. But uh, as, as far as, you know, honestly, it's, it's interesting. It's because to me, the big question mark, and I know you guys like him a little bit, like is PJ Tucker, like I get a little, it is small. I get it. But like, I, a lot of this rests for me. And I'm going to let you guys speak to the dynamic of how these players play together. I have literally I have no idea. It's like, it's like, to me, it's like crazy calculus math to figure out that. But I'll just say with PJ Tucker, like I, I like the I, I like the pick of a PJ Tucker because he's like an attitude guy. I'm just worried he's getting close to like uh, who's that dude on the the Heat who's like the Heat culture guy who never plays. Udonis Haslam. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like I'm always worried when you, these guys start getting to 37, 38, or whatever. Like like you, it's like especially when you're like kind of a banger and stuff like that. Like uh, I I worry, but I for so him to be the anchor of that and be like the center is like. I don't, I, you know, I guess it can work, but if he's, if he's remotely close to what he was last year, but I'm, I'm worried he's reaching the age where he's like, I don't, I don't want to work hard anymore. And that's my big concern. But I will say one last thing about this, which is that what's cool about him in, especially in this, this group is that he actually is like a good, like his three point percentage last year was like four fifteen or something really good. Mm-hmm. So having uh, like a guy who can be versatile, you know, and like defensively take on bigger dudes, you know, you know, that's the other thing is like, he's not that big, but he's like a tough guy. And like, how long can you be a tough guy and old? I don't know, but, uh, and small, but either way he shoots threes. So I like it. I'll now let you guys, uh, uh, but it doesn't have a bead. So I'd be very scared, but I'll let you guys break it down from the perspective of people who actually know what the hell they're talking about. Well, I think you actually did a pretty decent job at it. So give yourself some credit there. I like this lineup, Chris. I think it works. Uh, you know, you got spacing outs. Everybody can space the floor besides Thibel. Thibel could arguably be your role man in a pick and roll with Harden. And you got three really good shooters, Thibel. I mean, Harris and Tucker can switch on who's guarding the center. Harris can do it in short spurts. Tucker can still do it. House, you, Chris, you know how I feel about House. So I, I think this lineup works. I think it works. Yeah. I, I mean, where I'm coming from basically is whenever – Doc goes to the substitutions, right? He's going to stagger the stars, presumably. And how he did it last season was Harden and Harris stuck together a lot and Embiid and Maxi stuck together a lot. I'm assuming it's going to stay the same this upcoming season. It should. I think those are the right pairings. So you, you're right about Tucker, Adam. I, I think paying three years, $30 million to someone who's 37 years old is a bit of a risk. Uh, there's a lot of downside risk there, but if he is where he was last season, he's still a very impactful player. You can have Tobias be the guy who's banging down low if you, you need to switch it up. Um, there's a good chance Tucker's guarding the perimeter a lot in that group anyways. You can switch all five positions, presumably. I, I don't really know how much Matisse we're going to see this year. Because, like, this lineup straight up would be better if you swap him for Melton. Like, that's a better group. Melton's a better player. But... I, I didn't want to leave him out entirely because I, I can't imagine him not playing at all because he's such a good defender and you've invested, you know, a first round pick in him. It feels like they're still kind of hanging on to some hope there, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have my doubts about Matisse in general. 
I also do. I share your doubts, Matisse. Especially, I felt he got exposed a little bit. Like, it's it's always been the thing. Like, what if? What if he starts hitting his threes? But it's like, at some point, you're like, okay, maybe that's like not gonna really happen. Yeah, you yeah. know, we we've been playing the same game with Ben for years, and you know, yeah. uh, not to I, not the poop on your eyes parade, but yeah, yeah it's I kind think of you like guys the right. reverse Montrez thing where. He's a great defender, but you can't play him in the playoffs because his offense is so bad. It's like Harold's a great offensive player, but he's so bad on defense that once you get to a point in the season where teams are going to focus on that and exploit it, you can't really survive with him on the court. So he's really a regular season player right now, and that's a bit of an issue. But let's move on now to lineup B. It's another Harden-centric lineup. It's James Harden, DeAnthony Melton, P.J. Tucker, Tobias Harris, and Montrez Harrell. I'm assuming this is something like what we're going to see to open the second quarter a lot. Last season, again, Doc, when he staggered the Stars, had Joel and Tyrese playing the entire first quarter quite frequently and then would go back to James and Tobias to start the second. So that's kind of where my head's at for this group. Uh, what are your thoughts, Adam? Uh, so it... Who would guard the center in? Would they just be switching? Who in this lineup? Do you think would it be Tucker or Harris? Like or Harrell has to, right? Yeah, I think it would be yeah. Montrez. Yeah, uh, because he's not as versatile defensively as the other guy. Like he's he's Mm-mm. does he guard the perimeter at all? Is that a thing he does? No, not really. Okay. okay. No, he, he's kind of got lead feet on the perimeter. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and say I love this lineup. <laughs> Uh, because, and, and for the silly reason that, um, one, uh, D'Anthony Melton's in it. And I think that it'd be fun to see James creating for D'Anthony Melton so that D'Anthony Melton can reach his ceiling, uh, which I assume is very, very high, uh, because I like him. And, uh, so for that reason, uh, and it's also, it's also an interest. It's just interesting to think about these guys playing together because I have a tough time picturing what this would even look like. And so from a fun factor, uh, I think it'd be fun to see it. But from an effectiveness standpoint, I have literally no idea. So you know what I call this uh, lineup, Chris? This is Rockets East lineup. Like literally, you got four, what, four out of the five players in this lineup that had either been drafted or played for the Rockets at some point. So, and, and I just think of Game of Zones, and I feel like, you know, there's a banner that says House of Sixes. How, how, what was it? What was the Sixers house? What was that called, Adam? House, house, house uh, Sixers, yeah. House Sixes, a.k.a. Rockets East House. And that's just kind of what I'm thinking here. And it, it, look, Harold, this, this could be a fun little fast-paced lineup. James still gets a lob threat here. Tobias gets to be the four. Tucker gets to the you know, be in the corner somewhere shooting threes. They don't put baby in the corner, but we put Tucker in the corner because that's where he's most effective shooting the ball. And like you said, Melton, I think he's going to be unlocked as a sixth man here. Him and Harrell are going to have a really good season scoring the ball. So, yeah, I I like this lineup. Yeah, I I mean, I think the Harrell concerns on defense, they're just going to be there all season. There's really no way around it, but he's, again, he's definitely going to play. Zach is going to play him. It's just inevitable. And look, I mean, Montrez Harrell lineups tend to win their minutes in the regular season. Like, he's a really strong 82-game player offensively. He's going to look really good next to James. 
I agree with you, Adam. I think Melton's going to look really good next to James. We know that PJ and James have chemistry and that PJ can just sit in the corner and hit threes all day. Um, so, like, with this lineup, you still have some size out there next to Harrell and Harrison Tucker. Tucker can guard the best wing. Melton's a really good defender on the perimeter against guards. Like, you have some defense there to plug some holes. Harris stepped up defensively late last season in the, in the playoffs. So, there's some hope there. And then, you know, offense, you just run the Harden Harrell pick and roll to death, basically. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, the defensive concerns are going to be there all season. If you want to tell me that Paul Reed should play, I'm willing to listen. <laughs> I probably agree, but I'm just yeah, assuming. You didn't put him in any of these gonna... lineups, I noticed. I'm just oh assuming that we're going to have to deal with Montrez being the, the main guy behind Joel. You know, I will say, though, that, like, you know, Joel's getting older and like, there's no way that his body can like, like he's still falling down just as much and stuff like that. And any bringing Harold in here, a guy who just eat up minutes, like useful minutes, you know, and give him a rest is like, to me, it was such a godsend. Like, so even though I agree with your guys' concerns on defense and you guys all agreed it was a good signing because they got a great value, but mm-hmm. like, it was a great signing for that reason. And I just, I, I like the fact, I like two things about, I like t- I'm just using this as a jumping off point for a few comments on some of the, all the signings from Maury, which is that like, I, I like the guys he brought in. He's bringing in all these like tough guy, a lot of these tough guys, like, like, and guys with good attitude, guys with attitude who like just mean guys, you know, for the playoffs and stuff like that. And I, and I, and I like that. Um, but, uh, but my, my, my concern uh, here is like with what you were saying about the, the basically being the run it back rockets here is, is that like, you know, if you, if TV is any history, it's like whenever they like bring back full house or like bring back an old show, it's like always disappointing. And I'm worried that uh, mm. we might get that with the, the rockets here. You know, there's not, it's not going to be, the, it's not going to have the same sizzle, but, um, but I'm also a huge Daryl Morey stand. Uh, and I completely trust in his process. And so uh, I'm excited to see, I like the idea of, Let's bring back those rockets and plus add a bunch of pieces that weren't on the rockets, you know, like uh, Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid and uh, Tobias uh-huh. Harris. So uh, I'm excited. I- I'm down with it. I'm down with these moves. Sorry, that was a uh, big rant. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. And Chris, I do want to add one thing. If you pull out Harris and put in Daniel House here, it literally is Rockets East at that point. <laughs> Just going to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that'd be amazing. They have to do that at some point. I, I feel like that that they just need to that that would be fun for f- fans everywhere. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, and that, like that's a good point, Adam. Like all those guys are much older now than they were in Houston. Like Tucker again is thirty seven; he's getting up there. At some point, you know, he's going to drop off. It's a matter of mm-hmm. if, not if. It's it's a matter of when. So, mm-hmm. um, those are all valid concerns. Uh, we'll just go to the last lineup here. I think this is like a second half of the first quarter kind of lineup once James and Tobias get subbed out. Um, it's Tyrese, Melton, House, Niang, and Joa. I love this lineup, and let me tell you why. Okay, first of all, George Niang is my like one of my low-key favorite players. I love mm-hmm. him. I love everything about him. I love the fe- I love that he shoots. I don't like his defense, I think, but I like he's like he's actually like a bit of a tough guy. Like there's he's like one of these guys who like 
when there was some altercation in the playoffs. He like is one of the first guys to like get in everyone else's face, defend his uh-huh. players. So I like that about him. I like that he has a regular man body. I know he's tall, obviously, but like he's got like he just looks like a regular guy out there, like kind of pudgy. He, he looks bit. like the guy that you would see at the Y. Yeah, he looks I like a guy that. that would be- yeah i love it and he hits big threes and so like i'm a huge fan of his and then obviously mountain i love maxi like this this lineup is fun to me uh and it's just fun purely in the same way that you were talking about why you like paul reed like i just like these guys i just like everyone in this lineup and daniel house my understanding about him from talking to rockets fans or people who've had him on their team i I didn't like really watch much of him like casually but like is that he gets really awesome and then when you start thinking he's awesome he gets bad and then when you start thinking he's bad, he gets awesome. And then you get excited. You're like, oh, my God, Daniel House is actually awesome. And then he gets bad again. And you're like, oh, he sucks. And he gets good again. So he's a roller coaster. So that's going to be exciting. It sounds like the perfect sixer. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I like this lineup, too. I, I've never been a huge fan of the Maxi and Joel lineups because last season it felt like Maxi was deferring a little bit too much. But I think with his playoff performance, like Maxi's – not going to always defer to Joel. Like Maxi needs to get his touches. Maxi needs to take over the offense sometimes. And Joel kind of needs it. Cause like you said, Joel's he's 28. He's in his prime. That's true. But he keeps on getting hit all the, all the time. Let, let, let the younger guy take some of that regular season burden from you, big fella. Let him take control during the regular season and just relax a little bit. You know what I mean? So that's, I, I like this lineup for that. You got three and D guys pretty much throughout. Melton can take care of some of the ball handling, so Maxi can do what he does. It's a good lineup. I like it, Chris. Yeah, I, I mean, how often have we been able to put lineups around Joel that have like four shooters, multiple people who can dribble, and multiple positive defenders? Like, not very often have we been able to check all those boxes. So. I think that speaks to the job that Daryl did this summer, building out the roster. This is by far the deepest team of the Embiid era. And, yeah, I mean, I just think on paper that's a pretty rock-solid lineup that, that checks a lot of boxes. They are ridiculously deep, by the way. And that's one of the most interesting things and why it's so fun to put these lineups together and to look at them. Because, like, there's so many guys who are, like, around the same level, like – like the bench, like like the bench just doesn't really have much drop off. Like, and everyone has different things they can do, and so like like you don't even have shake in any of these. Like that's how like, there's so many people, like to throw in and out of these games. Like I like I'm like, will George Niang even play? Because like yeah, like like there's so many guys. Like you know, uh, like you're talking about Furkan having to go. Like you, yeah, like when's he ever gonna play? Like it, it, there's there's so it's crazy how many guys they have that can play that you can can play meaningful uh-huh. minutes. I usually, I don't think I've ever, I don't ever remember a Sixers team with a with a bench that you you go like you know to like the twelfth guy and they're still very playable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And like, look, I know Chris, you're you're on Springer Island, but Springer Island's about to move out of Philadelphia. Like, there's just not like he needs time to play. He's not going to get that in Philly unless he wants to go to Delaware, which is fine. But like, look, they. They should trade Springer. I'm willing to move. I I have property all over the country. (laughs) I'm very flexible. And Adam, now that we're going to switch here to biggest rivals, but not biggest rivals of all time. We're going to talk about the rival, biggest rivals since Joel Embiid has been a sixer. So I'm going to give you a list of teams. You rank them from least, uh, least rival to biggest rival. 
So I got the Raptors, the Heat, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Nets. The Nets are by far the like the rival here with Ben Simmons okay. and Ooh. and and Kyrie and Durant. Like okay. to me, okay. like you know, obviously, like Kyrie and Durant, we don't really have like a history with. Like you know, that's more of a Celtics well. Joel thing. and KD had a little bit of beef last season. It's true. They have a little bit of beef, but it's not traditionally like, like to me, like, you know, KD has his things with different guys, you know, mm-hmm. and Kyrie has his things with the Celtics and whatever, but like, um, so, you know, but like Ben Simmons is our guy to beef with. And so mm-hmm. like, uh, like to me, like Sixers nets, and also the fact that they're like, the nets are like, you know, depending on, I mean, they're going to be good. Uh, to me, the real variable there is like, is Katie's health. Honestly, like he's got very unpredictable mm-hmm. health at this point. He's got tiny little knees and things like that and tiny little ankles. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, that's one of the reasons I wouldn't have wanted to trade for him too. I'm just very concerned about his health, but like the nets to me, everyone's think about the games people are going to get most excited for. It's the nets. So they're number one, they're the Dallas Cowboys for the Eagles fans out there. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. Right now. Uh, number two, you got, I would say Celtics. Okay because uh they're the celtics and i just always hate the celtics and i just can't stand boston fans i went to school in boston and i just like i just can't stand them and so and and you know they obviously represented the east last year so like the the whole like jalen brown um oh my god i'm blanking on the amazing player that they have that i'm just blanking on his name jason tatum jason tatum yeah like like that whole like project is now like clicking and working and so I'd hate that because I need the Celtics to be bad, especially since they drafted Jason Tatum and we uh, didn't. And uh, and that whole snafu where we gave we traded them to not draft him. Uh, so uh, so I hate the Celtics. So they're number two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then uh, let's see. Uh, we, oh, the Heat. You know, uh, man, it gets a little tough after this. Um, uh, I'm curious to get you guys. The Bucks to me aren't because the we just don't have like Giannis has always just like coexisted with Embiid, and they really haven't had a rivalry that I can feel. They don't really. We don't really ever. We haven't really ever come across them in the playoffs, as far as I can uh-huh. remember. And so uh, I don't. I think that they'd be. They're my favorite of this group. And then I probably go the Heat. I probably go the Heat because of the Jimmy thing. I love Jimmy. I'm sad that we traded him, but like with PJ Tucker now coming over. That adds a little bit of extra spice, you know, the whole mm. thing. So, um, what about the Raptors? And then the Raptors, you know, I would say the thing is like the Raptors' identity has changed so much since, um, like the Raptors that like we like the Kyle Lowry going against yeah. Ben Simmons thing. I'm probably on Kyle Lowry's side of that now, but uh, <laughs> um, but like that, like I don't have any meaningful feelings towards the Raptors, uh, so. They're kind of neutral, but I think I like the Bucks a little more. So I'm gonna put the Raptors ahead of the Bucks. So that's my right. rankings. So so Chris, who are your how do you rank these guys? Stop starting at the top. Um I I'd like Adam's rankings. I, I might put Boston number one just because I think they're kind of the perfect mix of like historical precedent and also recent history, because they've kind of been a thorn in Joel's side his entire career. We've seen them in the playoffs multiple times now. The Tatum Markel trade, the Al Horford thing. There's just so much baggage there that I, I kind of feel like Boston has to be number one. And then I'm happy to put the Nets and Ben at two, but just because we haven't really seen Brooklyn in the playoffs yet, at least not this iteration of Brooklyn. So I, I put Brooklyn two behind Boston. Three, I, I think Miami just 
recency bias, perhaps the Jimmy thing. I'm with you, Adam. I still love Jimmy. Um, big fan. Sad he's not here. Um, hard to hate the guy, but I, I guess the Heat would be number three. Bucks four again, like you, Adam. I like Milwaukee a lot. That's an easy team to cheer for. Um, Giannis is a very likable superstar, and the Sixers haven't really had any big run-ins with them yet. The Raptors, obviously, we can go to the Kawhi thing, and that's, but like that's not the version of Toronto that we have in front of us right now. Like the current Raptors just aren't the same caliber of threat as the other four teams. You know, they just don't really pose the same kind of challenge to Philly. So I, I probably put Toronto at five, just because they don't really worry me as much. I think the other four are the teams you really have to worry about in the East this year. So. I think Boston won, Brooklyn two, Miami three, Milwaukee four, and Toronto five is how I would go. I was going to say that, like, I'm actually convinced by a few things you're saying, and I'll put a caveat with the Nets thing, which is it really depends on which Nets we get. Because if Ben Simmons doesn't play at all, and, like, they, you know, KD does get injured, like, they could completely fall apart, and then they're not even really relevant. Um, And Ben Simmons may not play or whatever goes on there, you know? So, like, I assume he is going to play, but, like, they could just be really bad potentially, and and then they're not interesting. Celtics, you know, are gonna be good. So I'll, I'll, I I do agree with some of your Celtics points. Yeah. So on that note, I'll just go through mine really quick. I got Celtics number one. I have Bucks number two, and the reason why is because you can make it's not so much a team rivalry, but a player rivalry between Giannis and Joel. Think about it like this: Giannis is arguably the best player in the NBA right now. Joel, but listen, listen, let me... They like each other, I feel like. Listen, 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 Chris. Let me get through my thing. So, Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Joel is trying to be the best player in the NBA. Giannis has two MVPs and a championship. Joel doesn't. Joel owns Giannis most of the time during the regular season matchups. At least Mm one-on-one. Like, Joel is one of the few players that could actually cause Giannis to have problems. And Giannis can't guard Joel. I, and the fact is that they're arguably, outside of Luka, two out of the three top best international players. Number three is, is the Heat. Number four is the Nets. And number five is the Raptors. Wow, the Nets so low. I just, I don't, I can't believe in the Nets until I actually see them do well. Interesting. And, and we've beat them every time in the postseason. Very interesting. Chris, I know you have some thoughts. I also have some thoughts, but I want you to go hear your thoughts first on Giannis. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand it. I, I definitely feel like they're positioned to be big rivals. I just don't know if it's come to fruition yet because they haven't met in the playoffs. They have to meet in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that that's fair. Been. That's fair. Um, I don't know if I could be on the same level as you with Milwaukee until they meet in the playoffs. I will say that as far as – here's the thing. Um, I do agree that, like – and I, I was with you on liking the Bucks. However, if we did meet them in the playoffs – I think I would hate them. Oh yeah, I, I would hate that it takes four minutes for you know Giannis to shoot a free throw every time, and oh, I would yeah. hate how likable he is, and I, and how much they how beloved they are in in Milwaukee. I would hate everything about them. Um, and then one other thing I'll say about Giannis is that you know you mentioned that he's the best player in, player in the league, but I just want to say that you know we don't know D'Anthony Melton's ceiling playing with. Harden. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's got a lot of potential, and also you know Paul Reed's still not getting the minutes. Yeah, so. I mean. Put Paul Reed on OKC and see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. He would still be backing up Poku. 
No, Paul Reed and Chet Holmgren in the front court is like my dream team. I honestly want it. But hold, hold up, hold up. You would have Paul Reed start over Poku, but you no, love Poku. Poku's the small forward. Put him at three. Chris, Chris, he's seven foot one. Exactly. <laughs> have you seen him? He plays guard on offense. Yeah, it he works. is fun. Oh my god, Chet, you have length, shooting, defense. What more could you want? All right, guys. So in this segment, we're going to continue what we did last episode where I gave you some scenarios and you had to pick either or. And they're obviously related to the Sixers and some, I guess, general basketball scenarios. And between those pairs, you pick which one you think you'd rather have. So let's go ahead and start with the first either or scenario. Adam, which would you rather have? Joel Embiid win the scoring title or James Harden win the assist title? Okay. So listen, I love assists. They're great. They're fun to watch. I I love when James Harden makes cool passes. One of my favorite things about having him on the team, but Embiid is a sixer barring some unforeseen terrible thing that could happen. Um, But like, and so I, for him to win, I just want him to collect accolades. And so I want it for him, which is Sixers legacy and his players legacy. And so he moves up the board on all time grades. Yeah. I I kind of agree. I I would like Joel to get this scoring title, but it's more or less to try to help Joel win an MVP because it's about time he gets it. Like everybody's talking about Luca might get it, get it this year. He might, but look, Joel has been the, arguably been robbed from two for two MVPs. Chris will disagree <laughs> with me on that, but I will say this. He's been robbed of two MVPs or at least one. Cause if Joel did not win as many games as he did in the COVID season, he would have gotten it. Okay. Let's, let's make that clear. And Jokic and Joel were head, you know, neck and neck last season. You could coin toss that one. I still think Joel should have gotten it. Jokic is not going to win a third one in a row. That's a, that nobody's done that since Larry Bird. It's not going to happen for Jokic. I'm sorry, Chris. He's not even in the conversation right now. Joel needs to get it. It's it's that simple. Like, yeah, Luca has a chance. Giannis has a chance. But here's the thing: Giannis is one two. Luca's team's probably not going to be in the top four of the West. So I I, I give it to Joel. I, I got to give it to Joel. I don't think Jason Tatum's there yet. So it's, I think it's Joel's to lose. And I think le- scoring title will help that again. I'm going to laugh really hard when Jokic wins his third in a row. Um, So hmm. I agree hmm. with both of you. Joel, I, I care more about Joel than James. Just to put it bluntly, I, I want Joel to good things for Joel. Um, But going back to something Adam said, does Harden go to the Hall of Fame as a Rocket if Ooh. he wins the championship? Ooh, ooh, that's like, a good really question. The championship and Harden has a bounce back year and looks like top ten, you know, all world talent. James Harden is he like strictly a Rocket in the Hall of Fame? Probably not. Oh, oh, that's a good question. He played some years at OKC, so yeah, maybe that's true. Yeah. All right, here here's one I know Chris is gonna like. Would you rather have? Tyrese Maxey make an all-star team or Paul Reed win most improved player? Okay, so this is a really tricky one. I'll explain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, please please okay. because here's the thing. If Paul Reed wins most improved player, we had a serious injury problem on this team, okay? And yeah, yeah. So 
that means like some a lot of guys went down and he got that time uh so uh and like a lot of our free agent signings work out horribly so there's a lot of things implied in that that worry me but on the other hand tyrese maxi making the austin team which would be nice i just worry that then does he lose like he has a chip on his shoulder right now and he's so likable but then he may start to make an all-star team so does he become you know, does his ego grow and then he doesn't like play as hard as he plays all the time, you know, and then does he become less likable? So I'm not, that's my concern there. But I think he's got strong enough character where I'm not worried about it. So I'm going to go with Maxi making the all star team because I think he deserves it. Honestly, the way he played in the second half of the season, like he was played like an all star. So he should make, he, he should make the all star team. I, I legitimately think so. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think Maxi. Look, if if the Sixers have three All Stars and Maxi Harden and Joel, the chances of them winning the title is pretty good. If, like you said, if Paul Reed is winning Most Improved Player, that's a pretty horrible sign for the team. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm going to say Maxi all the way. Hard disagree. Look, <laughs> oh no, what? Paul Reed is going to show up to training camp with a 76 inch vertical. <laughs> And a knockdown three-point shot and improved ball handling skills. I see the path for Paul Reed winning most improved player without injuries. And that's the path that I'm going to endorse and believe in here. It would be so freaking cool if Paul Reed won most improved player. Like, I love Tyrese. Love him to death. One of my favorite human beings. I, I want good things for him, but... The absurdity of Paul Reed winning most improved player is something that I would like to see come to fruition. So that's you know point. we might have to make that another bet. But Adam, I think you joined not no, a church I'm but not a cult. Bet on it. Adam. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. But what do I want to happen? Come on, I just have to. I have to stay on brand. So I, res- I respect this pick. take. I have a lot of respect for this take. All right, this one's related to Doc Rivers. And uh, the Sixers, hopefully MVP this year. The next one is, which would you rather have? Doc Rivers be more polite in press conferences, because we know how much of a jerk he can be sometimes towards the media. Or would you rather have Joel Embiid be less of a troll on social media? All right, Uriah. So these are, up to this point, these have been tough, good questions. But this one is a layup. This one is a layup here, okay? Because, you know, uh, this is a very obvious answer, okay? Embiid being a troll on social media, it, I very much enjoy that and gives me a lot of joy in my life. And it's great. And it's one of his, like, like it should count. Like, that's why he probably should win over Jokic for MVP is because you should consider that as another skill uh, that he's displaying, you know? Like, uh, but that doesn't show up in the box scores right now. So I don't want him to be less of a troll on social media. That's one of my favorite things about him. But Doc Rivers is annoying in press conferences and he's like rude and like he's like insecure and like in an unfun way. And it's like not pleasant and it doesn't add joy to my life. And it would like I think that like a lot of times like reporters ask good questions and he doesn't answer them, uh, you know, and he's he's kind of rude about it and he's being insecure about it. So I would I would enjoy Doc being more polite in press conferences, but I wouldn't enjoy him being less of a troll. So I'm going with uh, Doc Rivers politeness. I agree with Adam. I Doc Rivers has sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes poor uh, bedside manner in press conferences. And I, I don't want Joel, Joel to stop trolling. I know that's something for you, Uri, but me personally, I love oh, yeah. the trolling. It's it's I, I'm all for it. Um, 
So I, I just want Doc to be nicer. That's all. <laughs> Please yeah. be nice, Doc. Please be nice. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. He doesn't have to be nice, but he has to be funny about it, like Embiid. Like Embiid isn't always nice, but he's he's funny when he's not or nice. like Greg Popovich. You know, yeah. Greg Popovich can be funny, but like mean. Yeah, you can be mean, but you have to be funny about it. And Doc is not funny. Yeah, um, I mean, I think for Doc, a lot of it comes from a place of insecurity. And with Pop, he's just not insecure. So it, it's where that meanness is coming from. Like, what's driving him to be mean is the issue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I, I want Doc to be more plain press friend with this. I love when Joel trolls people. I don't care if it's online, on the court, wherever. I, I wish we had more of it. I know he's taking things seriously now, and he's an adult, and he's a father, and he... I, I appreciate when his humorous side pokes out every now and then. All right, the next pair you have to choose from has to do with two former Sixers, two former number one picks, two players who couldn't figure out how to shoot before they departed here. Which would you rather have? Markel Fultz get a triple-double against the Sixers in Philly or Ben Simmons hit a game-winning three-pointer against the Sixers in Philadelphia. Oh man, I oh man. Okay, so I ha- I had an answer to this, and now I I forget what it was. So I have to just think about this from first principles. And I think that like this is a this is a tough one. I gotta go with like I find I do experience a lot of pain with the whole Mark Fultz thing. I still like fantasize about him coming back to the Sixers and finally like like get 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 the Mark Fultz we thought we'd get. Um, like. You know, I I like Marco Fultz. So like, if he got a triple double in Sixers, like I, I guess it'd be like a good story. Now Ben Simmons hitting uh, the game winning three pointer against Sixers. Okay, that would be horrible. Like that would be horrible, but it would be so ridiculous <laughs> that like I have to want that for the sake of humanity. Okay, like like I I even though it would be painful as a Sixers fan, it is would be one of the funniest most ridiculous things and it would it just it's just too it's too delicious to to, to not happen so i'm gonna go with the ben simmons hitting a game-winning three-pointer against the six of the philly i i i hate myself for saying it but like it's just too ridiculous i i would never say that i hate you for saying that but i'm gonna strongly disagree here and go for (laughs) markel i thought markel got the raw into the stick there uh i've been rooting for him ever since he's been in orlando I I want him to be the starting point guard there. I hope that he figures out what's going on with his shoulder this so that he can shoot the ball properly again. I would love to see him get another triple double in Philadelphia, even if it's on another team. And by the way, Uriah's question never said that Markel's team would win the game. Yes, yes. I th- I was literally thinking that. And I was like, I think I need to change my answer because it could be in an L. It could be in an L. Yeah, yeah. it could be in an L. Yeah. So that's 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 where I'm going with on that. Yeah, I mean, like, I really love Markel. Like, I, I want good things for Markel Fultz. I have a very soft spot in my heart for him. I still have a Markel Fultz t-shirt in my closet. I I would not mind him getting a triple-double against Philly. Uh, I, I will say, though, I think Adam makes a good point about, like, some things are just bigger than fandom. And, <laughs> like, the societal value of Ben Simmons hitting a game-winning three against the Sixers is kind of undeniable. So I'm kind of tempted to go with him on that. 
Chris, it's, Chris it's I, I told it's Adam that. Look, 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 Chris, I told I Adam that I would be happy about it in the back moment. on the podcast, but I will tell you that I will hate you. If you say I that. would not be happy about it. It's not a personal. <laughs> it's, thing. It sounds like it I is want it for the people. No, it's it's a planet. selfless choice. Chris it's is making a selfless else. choice here, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. I know, it's truly mm-hmm. selfless. It's, some things are bigger than me, and I kind of agree with Adam that I kind of think it needs to happen. It would what be pretty great. in the world? All right, let's get spicy on this next one. Which would you rather have, Adam? Would you rather have Joel Embiid get into an altercation with Ben Simmons during a game? Or would you rather have Embiid and Simmons hug it out on the court before a game? He, well, here's your thing. If it said, and I know it doesn't, Embiid and Simmons hug it out after the game, I would be for it if it was on the situation the situation where Ben Simmons like, like ha, had like the Sixers just destroyed the Nets, and then it was like a passive. It was like a funny hug. He's like, oh, "I'm so sorry about that, buddy." Like it was like you know, uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's gonna be okay. You can be brave enough to play. I promise. Uh, like then I would like it, but I, it's got to be getting an altercation. Soon. That'd be so. That'd be like that's what you know. Come on, that's like a max entertainment right there. Like the people would go insane. Now it have it have to happen in Philly, right? Because like yes, yeah, it would yeah. have to happen yes. in Philly. Oh man, um, but it would be great as long as like Embiid doesn't get hurt in the altercation, and I don't yeah. think he would because it's Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, come on, you you that that would be like the peak adrenaline of sport right there those two drawing it do do we remember when ben like came to joel's defense in the cat altogether yes and, and we were like yes. calling him the enforcer yeah yeah and remember that yeah i liked him up into until that series with the, the hawks or whatever it was like that was that was uh i know but now it's changed and now i needed to be an altercation so i i would want the altercation too but with the caveat of ben simmons starts it I I, yeah, I want no that. Way Joel starts it. No, no there is way. definitely a way that Joel starts. Well, it. Joel, I, I want I want something Joel like when when out Char- of his way to embarrass Ben, but I don't but he know won't. if he would be the one starting the altercation. It, it could be a nice moment for some people, but I like of course I want them to get into it a, a little. Yes, bit. I'm, I'm all for the entertainment of the people. Again, going back to my last point. By the way, I that might not be good. the only altercation in that game. Kyrie and Harden could get into it too. I'd be all for that as no, well. No, that wouldn't happen because Kyrie would burn Sage before the game, so they'd be very peaceful. Kyrie is too zen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think Kyrie's into that stuff. Um, I don't know, man. No, I think is. there's a little bit of stuff. I, 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 I think, I think that could happen. <laughs> um, he's not zen. He's a fake zen. I know. I know. Um. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice for them to mix it up a little bit. You know, I'm all I'm all for it. Adam, thanks for coming on, man. It was a pleasure talking to you. And, I mean, I hope we have you on again in the future. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, uh, I like being a semi-regular guest. It's always fun to, to come on and talk with guys who actually really know basketball. You know, listen to your podcast. You guys do a great job. Like, you really break it down. And uh, and you legitimately know more about basketball than me. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I appreciate you having a uh, a, a, a basketball layman on to uh, to uh, try and talk about lineups. But really, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, we really do appreciate having you on. 
and to all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in yet again to the Sixer Sense podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, or you can listen at our website, thesixersense.com, wherever is most convenient for you. Please like, subscribe, follow along, give us five stars if you can. It would really help us out. We are on Twitter and Facebook at Sixer Sense. And until next time later this week, peace out, everyone, and go Sixers. Powered by Riverside. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.